This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do You Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Angela Gargano, founder of Strong Feels Good, a movement that is helping other people utilize their inner strength to tone and rejuvenate their body and minds. Personally, she has starred on NBC's American Ninja Warrior, has won Miss Fitness America, and most recently, she is the cover girl for Oxygen Magazine. What stood out about Angela during this episode is a relentless approach to chasing her dreams. Her path has been far from perfect, yet she has uncanny ability to let go of what is not serving her and move right onto the next goal she has set for herself. This characteristic is extremely inspiring to others out there who are also looking for a life of constant improvement and turning dreams into reality. So let's get you inspired, feeling strong and good, and introduce you to today's guest, Angela Gargano. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. It is Friday. I'm pumped up. We're going into the July 4th weekend, and I have some friends here in the HQ, but one special person who I am sitting down with right now to have a conversation with, Miss Angela Gargano. How are you doing today? I'm good. Excited to have you here. First off, I want to congratulate you on being on the cover of a magazine, Oxygen, and I'd love for you to just kick it off with how the heck did you get on the cover? Because you have both the magazine here and then your vision board where you kind of like stapled yourself onto magazines. So you kind of like knew that this was going to happen prior. And I'd love for you to just tell the audience how that actually happened. What's crazy about it is I think that people see the cover and they just think that she just got it. What they don't see is from 2015, what I've been working towards to get this. This was one of the dreams that I wanted. And in 2015, I was doing fitness competitions. This little girl from Rhode Island. I really like no one knew who I was. And when I was doing fitness comps, I started seeing some people that I know getting on the cover and that's what I wanted. And at that point, 
I actually think like I wanted it for like selfish reasons, like just to be on the cover, just to, to look good, good. You know what I mean? And the journey that I've gone through has shown me that I'm so happy I got the cover now because I've grown so much more as a person. And yeah, I'm on the cover. That's great. But it's the story and it's the message that I think is more important than just being on the cover in general. But yeah, you see my vision board here. This is actually the 2017 one. And what's interesting is I was actually really nervous to do something like this, but I started making these vision boards and it started really helping me figure out, you know, what do I actually want in my life? What do I want my life to look like? And then I started seeing things like you need to actually physically see it, envision that you already have it, envision that it's already there. So I'm like, what better way to do this than to Photoshop yourself on the cover, which again could seem kind of weird. And what was scary about this is that I didn't post it on my Instagram. So I let people see it. Like, okay. And that's, that's really vulnerable, something vulnerable to do. Cause people might be like, oh, she's so full of herself. She posted herself on the cover. Um, but I started doing it every single year for, I mean, again, this is 2017. I was doing it since 2015 and now it's 2021. So think of the year's process to get there. So funny part about this was I decided not only to post it on Instagram, but I decided to send it to the editors. I literally sent it to every person I found on the email. Like I went on Oxygen, I figured and found all the emails, every single one, no matter who it was, an accountant, whatever it was, I found every email and I sent my, I sent my story with a cover on it. Didn't really know if anyone was going to message me back. It was kind of like a ballsy thing to do. And then I got a message back from the Oxygen editor and she was like, hey, I see that you live in Rhode Island. I actually live in Connecticut and I need somebody for a shoot like this weekend. And I'm like, she's like, are you in? I'm like, of course I'm in. Like, I'll get myself to Connecticut. So I drove all the way to Connecticut. I had to bring a makeup artist with me. I thought it was going to be like a, like a glamorous thing or something like that. It was literally in a church basement, church basement, <laughs> full on with like, I was like, whoa, like this is where you're shooting these things. Like, you know, you think that you shoot these things like in some massive studio or something like that. But some of these companies are like a little bit all over the place. So church basement was where it started. I actually have the um, the pictures of the first magazine uh, spread I was in. It was wrist exercises. I was literally sitting on the floor doing wrist exercises. From that, I started talking to Laura, the editor, and it was more about the relationship. We started talking the whole entire time, talking about like what I've been doing and how I actually owned a gym at the time, which was crazy. I owned a gym for three years. And uh, we just connected on a different level and it wasn't about the shoot. It was just, it was just life in general. And it goes, always goes back to like things that happen to you really it's relationships. Are you actually establishing a genuine relationship? I wasn't asking her for anything. I just was getting to know her like just as a normal person. And I think that people appreciate that. And at the end of the day, like you're providing her a value because when you're talking about magazine companies and media in general, they're always looking for new stories. Like that's the thing, like that's their job. And you technically made her job easier by reaching out to her and doing an, in, it's really, I look at it as an inbound lead rather than her trying to always reach out to other people. So I think the biggest takeaway for me right there, there's two of them is one, having the vision that you like understand yourself enough to know what you want out of life, but then you got to put yourself out there. And I think that's really where people struggle the most because of that judgment that they, that they're afraid of where in your life did you have like gain the confidence to like put yourself out there even in 2015? I don't think I ever actually had the confidence. I just think that I, you, it's like you don't have the confidence, but you just do it anyway. You just do it. There's just something that sparks in you. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's a yeah. life event too. Like something happened in my life where you have a breakup or something like that. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I just got to do it. I'm just going to do it. Like I don't really fully know what it was inside me. I also felt like I was always meant for more. And just like you said, you have to go out and get it. 
I always kind of for before I thought people are going to find you, right? They're going to find you. They're going to find the cover. It's not like that. No one is looking for you. You have to literally get in front of their faces. And after we did that shoot, I, I messaged her every month I had on my calendar. Every month, I messaged her at least an email. Hey, how's it going? Just checking in. Just wanted to see if you needed help with anything. Kept doing that. And then she was like, actually, I really need a new photographer. So do you have any suggestions? Yes, I did. I had this amazing guy, and Travis Barnard, who shot like who was the first person who ever photographed me. And uh, they established a connection. Then she had a photographer finally. We didn't have to shoot in a church basement anymore, right? Then I was connecting her with models. Then all this started stuff. Then she started. And like, that's not your job. No, like, it was that's not the thing. my job. That's what job. people never get. They mm-hmm. don't understand. And this is how a lot of people ask me what I do. And for those that are listening, that have been listening for a while, what Angela is talking about right now, that's what I do. You're, pro- you're solving problems for other people. If you do that, you eventually get to a point where you're going to be able to ask for something from this world because you've given so much. And I love how you're kind of going down this rabbit hole because I think it, it, one, it doesn't get taught in schools, unfortunately. It's just like everyone's siloed off. Everyone's focused on themselves. And for you, you knew what you wanted, wanted for yourself, which is awesome. But you also were trying to help somebody else solve their problems, which ultimately led to six years later, you get in this magazine cover. So it's, it's super awesome. But I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit of your background. Like, how did you get into fitness in the first place? Because 2015 is six years ago. And then prior to that, you didn't just magically say, hey, I want to be on magazine covers or had to be some type of story or journey there. So I'd love if you just... I can break it down. It's what's crazy is every time I ask me, every time someone asks me this, it's crazy because when I say everything, I'm like, I can't believe I did all of that in like this many years. It's not a lot of years, right? But when I graduated college, I was a college gymnast first off and for a moment, I was like, college gymnastics was my thing. Uh, gymnastics was my passion. Where'd like, you go? Uh, Rhode Island College. Cool. And I loved Rhode Island College because it was a division three school, super small. And I was able to start. I had a great, it was just great to be like on a team and with people and things like that. Um, graduated. And as most college athletes feel after you're lost, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, how to work out and know what to do. <laughs> no, like, I'm like, where's my coach? My coach isn't yelling at me. There's no competition. I'm going in the gym and I'm like, I don't know how to use anything. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Cause I was so used to being an athlete all the time and like always being in shape. So graduated and I was actually a biological chemist. So crazy. I worked at Brown university. I was making compounds, like breaking bad style. Like I was the girl in the lab coat and goggles That's awesome. actually making like powders and stuff like that. And while I was good at it and I loved it, I kind of knew that I was doing it cause my mom wanted me to have like that steady, that steady paycheck and things like that. Um, and then I was searching for more. So I was trying to figure out what, what am I going to do? What is my more? What, what can I do to, I was itching for something and partying, going out. All that, it's not for me. It just wasn't for me. I have to figure something else to do with myself on my spare time than just go home and like, like twiddle my thumbs type of thing. So uh, my friend had said, there's something called fitness competitions that maybe you can get into. And I was like, I don't know. I personally don't really like being undressed in any way. I don't, I don't do that stuff. And for fitness competitions, you have to get on stage in a bikini. That's all I saw of it. And she's like, no, no, no. There's another one where you actually do a full fitness routine. So like a three minute full out flipping around the stage doing all these cool strength moves. So I started looking all that up and I was like, I could do this. Like this, this would be fun. Like, why not? Like this would be, it's kind of like gymnastics. It's a li- like the next step out there. And I would have to get outside of my comfort zone because I would have to do the bikini portion of it still. So someone gave me this woman, uh, Dawn Butterfield's phone number. And I don't know if I can say I'm 31 years old, right? Way back when, like, there really wasn't a lot of texting. It was just, it was a little, it was a lot different than it is now, right? So someone gave me her phone number, which I had to call. I love it. For some reason, calling somebody at that time was very nerve wracking. 
I'm like, you want me to call a random person? So I had the number on my desk for months and I don't know what it was. Like three months later, I finally was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. Like I was so nervous. It was like, it was like a first date or something. I was like, I gotta call this girl. So I called her super nice. She's like, Oh yeah, let's totally meet up. We'll meet up for coffee. Another thing I stranger. I'm going to meet her for coffee. Like, Oh, I'm so nervous about it. Met her. Amazing. I'm like, wow, this is really cool that I can, you know, get connections. With people what what year was this? Just this so was because I, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm 30, so I know, I know yeah, this life too. I'm trying to think of because it, it was out of college. I graduated college in 2012, so maybe like 2013, like the year yeah, after. It was that. like it had for me. It was right like there was no IG stories and stuff like that. Like you couldn't just nope. like slip in there nope. like back in the. And I say back in the day, but it was like, it's crazy how technology, how fast it's Yeah, gone. it wasn't like, that long ago. It was like 2015, I think. I yeah. was still cold calling and, and cold emailing. Rather and, it, today, and it's, it's just scary. IG. It's a scary thing to do. So I met up with her. She was like, you have to meet this woman, Kathy Savage. She helps me with all my fitness or stuff or whatever. So next meetup, we drive to this place on a Sunday in Massachusetts. It's like they called it the mothership. And Kathy Savage sits with me and I'm in this office and I'm just, I just tell her my story. I'm like, well, this is what I want to do. And then immediately she was like, yeah, we're going to give you a full sponsorship and you're going to compete in 12 weeks. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, I don't get it. Like, you don't even know me. Like, how do you know that I'm actually going to put the work in in 12 weeks? You know, how do you know? You don't know nothing about me. She's like, I just see it. I just see that you have something. And I think that like that person who just was all of a sudden just like had that faith in me all of a sudden that you can do this. It just pushed me to be like, okay, I guess I can do this. Like another coach, some, some random person was like, you can do something. And I was just like, oh, okay. All right. So I listened to her. Obviously, since she was sponsoring me, I went. I made sure I did every possible thing, and I got really into the big into the fitness competitions. I was into the fitness competitions for years before Ninja Warrior. So that was like till 2016. I was busting my ass because I wanted the title of pro and like I wanted to get Miss Fitness America or whatever. That also took me. Yeah, that took me three years to get Miss Fitness America after. Uh, one routine, I broke my foot on the stage. So what's the difference? Describe to me the difference in like the competitions because like I'm unfamiliar in that territory. Oh, okay. So the, so fitness um, is this fitness category. This is called Miss Fitness America. This actually used to be on ESPN, believe it or not. It was not anymore, but it used to be on ESPN. Is you do a full three-minute fitness routine. It could be different themes. So my first theme was, uh, one of my themes was Maleficent and I would do like a whole like tumbling and then I'd be doing handstands. They want to see strength. They want to see confidence. They want to see some tumbling, some dance, like all mixed in. Um, Another one was Jungle Book that I did. I did a Mad Max one where like a zombie came up on the stage and I like fought them off. So you're having to do like choreography and stuff like choreography that. Choreography yeah. on a hard floor. So that was different than gymnastics where you're tumbling on a spring floor um, and in like, you know, an outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where there's not much, just you see like everything. Um, so it was definitely a, a battle to figure that out. Um, and then after that, you run backstage, you switch into your bikini, you walk out in heels which mind you, I've never had never walked in heels before. And they gave me these pair of strip. They're literally stripper shoes. That's what they are. They're clear stripper shoes. So you have to walk in those um, in your bikini, learn how to pose. Um, and then if you make it to a certain round, you have to do an interview. So it's really pageant-y like type, okay. of, type of thing. Um, then there's a bikini, which is just straight. You walk out in your bikini and then you go out and then you change into a theme wear, you go back out again. And then there's figure, which is more like that's when your figure, they want you to be a little bit more like broader like type looking. So okay. there's all different types of things with fitness competitions. For me, like fitness was, I just wanted to flip on stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to flip around a little bit or something. So yeah, that process went 2016. I finally got Miss Fitness America. That was like such a moment for me because I knew on that last routine that I did, which was a jungle book routine. I knew that um, I was going to be done after that. I was like ready to be 
try something else and do something new. But I remember before I went up on stage, it was the first time that, again, I went up not for myself and I went up just to, I was like, you know what? This is really cool that I'm able to do this with my body. And that was the one I won. Not the ones that I was like, again, it was all about me or, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think a lot of it is, I mean, and you were getting wiser as you're going along. I think we start off these things and we're, we're both athletes. So you start off trying to win the gold medal for a different reason than when you actually win the gold medal. You're like the process of getting there was ultimately the most important yeah. thing. So in between that, so we're doing like the fitness competitions, right? And then I started really loving, people started asking me, what are you doing? You look so good. You look so healthy. How? And I started helping them. So I started helping them become fit. And especially when I worked at a biochemistry job, it was an overnight shift. I worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Hazmat suit, like crazy, <sighs> like breaking, bigger Breaking Bad style, like, you know what I mean? Like big tanks. And nobody was fit there because the only thing available at night is fast food, right? Yeah. So everyone's like a little more overweight and things like that. So I started doing runs on the campus on midnight. And then at first it was me, then someone else joined me, then the next person joined me. Then I was like, all right, on my spare time here, I'm going to get my personal training cert. So I started doing that on the side. And then finally one day when I, this is after, I was really smart about this, after I saved up at least three to four months of rent, okay, I saved all the money that I was getting, I was like, I'm going to quit this job and I'm just going to go for it. Like I'm, but I wanted to have that backing because right, if you just quit something and you don't have that, you might get stuck in the same position again somewhere else. So just making sure you have. Yeah, you're just kicking the ball. You're kicking the ball laterally rather than down the field. Yeah. So I was like, I want these like four, like three to four months to just not worry about rent and just be able to figure it out. Um, so then I started working at a gymnastics gym, and I was teaching the kids, and then I was teaching the parents. So I started doing boot camp classes at the <laughs> gymnastics gym because the parents were like, I want to be as strong as my kids, and that led into me opening up my own gym, which was wild. I don't know how I did that or why I did it, but I was just like, I guess I have a big group of people now like this, you know, might as well just open a gym. Um, so I actually owned a gym, a physical gym for three years um, in Rhode Island, which was definitely a learning experience, 100%. Yeah, there's so much to unpack. I think where, where my head goes during that is you're doing, you're bouncing around and doing so many different things. And for a lot of people out there, I think the thing that they're afraid of is on the outside looking like they don't know what they're doing yeah. by jumping around and doing all these things. At, at any point, like, were you questioning yourself? Like, is this the right path? What was your mindset like during that time? Yeah, I didn't know if it was the right path. And then you also have those people like your parents who are good people maybe, but they are questioning you and they're putting that doubt in your head. How are you going to do this? How do you have the money for that? What are you like, this isn't going to work. Like all those different things. So I definitely was questioning what I was doing, but for some reason... I don't know. I was just like, I, I, I always come back to this and I feel like I come back to this even now with what my whole situation is now. I was young and I was like, I might as well do it now. I don't have, you know, I don't have kids. I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have anything. Like, why not try to open the gym right now? I'm not going to do it when I'm older. I can always come back to biochemistry. I always have that degree if I want to come back to it. But why live the life where you're sitting there like in a biochemistry job or something like that and you're, you're looking around and you're thinking about anything else but that job? why live your life like that? Like there's no, you know, there's, there's just so much more to life than just that. So I just figured why not? I also had a other, whole other situation, which we won't get into with, um, but I had someone like really close to me pass away in my life. And I don't know if you believe in like mediums or whatever, but some, someone, the mother came up to me and said, uh, he came through for you. And he said, be all you know you can be. And I don't know what that was, but whatever that was, whatever that person said to me, that's what I feel like drives me all the time. Be all you know you can be. So if you feel like you can be more, just go do it. I love that. It's like, why not? 
like so you already had the spark in you and then like someone put some gasoline on that spark and absolutely it was already there but again it was all those you know the self-doubt from myself the self-doubt from your parents the self-doubt from people around you who are just doing the, the normal stuff which is fine like do you do, do the nine to five job if you want to if you feel if you feel like you like that but i i knew i needed more than that there's more to what i was doing i love that mindset because it's more of a, a why not than a what if Mm-hmm. And I think when we're at this age, like a lot more people, our parents are living in the what if something bad happens to you because they're, we're their kids. They want to protect us, right? But we need to be living in the why not do X, Y, Z? Because again, just like you said, you can always come back to whatever it is that you're doing. So I love that. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Angela. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Angela Gargano. And I'd love to kind of pivot this a little bit into, okay, won the fitness competition, where in your life did Ninja Warrior come into it? Because you're wearing the Ninja Warrior jacket <laughs> yeah. right here. And I know that's a com- that's like completely different than what you were kind of talking about. Um, so where did Ninja Warrior come into your So what's interesting world? is if you read the Oxygen magazine, it literally says accidental. Like it was an accident getting into Ninja. I knew when like I won Miss Fitness America that again, I was going to be my last competition. And then it was the same same thing, just like after college gymnastics, what's next? I need something. I just wanted to, you know, what's the next thing? And my friend who was doing fitness competitions with me and she was always the one who was like always winning and just that person who just, you know, all eyes were on her all the time, which is great. I looked up to her. I wanted to be like her. Um, She was like, I'm going to try out for American Ninja Warrior and I need help, you know, making a video. So the guy and Travis Barnard, who does now stuff for auction because of me, he's a great videographer. I'm like, hey, let me help you. We'll help you make a video and we'll get you on the show. I never watched the show. I didn't know what the show was at all, honestly. So started help making her make the video. And then my then Anne was like, why not you? Like, why are you not making a video? I was like, me? I was like, I can't get in my friend's way. Like, I can't, like, I'm not going to step on her toes by, like, now also applying because she's applying. And he's like, I really think you need to apply. Like, he's like, you need to put a video in. So we quickly put a video together. Like, this video was put together maybe in, like, a couple hours. And threw it in there. I applied. I didn't tell her. Because I was nervous. Like, I didn't want to, like, again, I didn't want to step on her toes. And she was very competitive Um, with that. She wasn't the type of person I think that was, like, I want you to come with me. She was more like, I want to stand alone and, like, you know what I mean? Um, And then I was actually at a fitness competition. And I got a call from the 818 number. Everyone knows in Ninja, if you have an 818 number, like, 
it's a good thing. I didn't know that. That's funny. Picked it up and they're like, yeah, so you're accepted to be on American Ninja Warrior. I was like, wait, what? Oh, it's going to be in two weeks. Wait, what? <laughs> I never touched a ninja piece of equipment. I never done hey, anything. Hey, you're a gymnast though. That's like... I had no idea what I was doing. So um, I obviously told her. She was obviously like upset. She actually when She actually said, oh, I'm, I'm getting my call soon, like type of thing, instead of like really like getting excited for me, which is fine. And again, it's okay. It, it happens. Um, and then I had two weeks to figure out where can I ninja? What, what can I do? Um, so there was this place in Rhode Island, someone had built an outdoor American Ninja Warriors like thing outside and it's deep in the woods, like sketchy, could have been kind of sketchy, like whatever. So I'm like, whatever. I, I showed up there and they were so welcoming. They were so nice. They're like, let's help you. We have two weeks. We'll figure it out. We're going to teach you how to lache. We're going to teach you how to do a salmon ladder. First time I did the salmon ladder back there too, which was me. It was just me, a girl and a bunch of guys. I, uh, I broke my nose. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, and I have a video of it. <laughs> I, uh, I salmon laddered up and then I was pumped that I got like one up and then I jumped down and looked at the bar to be like, oh, and I did it. it. And it hit, it bounced out and hit me in the face. Oh. Um, so like, this is going to be a win. This is going to be great. But what was cool about that is that was very outside my comfort zone, Ninja Warrior. I mean, I went from, I had no idea what it was. So I've got two weeks to figure it out. Right. And it was cool that a lot of people were very helpful with that. They're like, how can we help you? Like, it's almost like, it makes me think that in life when you're put when the gun's kind of put to your head it's just like you get in this flow state and things just go better than if we have all this time to think about it is that kind of like what you experienced during that where you're just like i just got to do this like in yeah. a short and approach and just figure it out i'm like i gotta do i gotta do it i gotta figure it out i gotta find the right people i gotta you know just whatever i had to do when i was in the um they posted it about it at the, at the gymnastics gym that i was at and they were just like people started messaging me and they were like, actually, I know a ninja gym you can go to. And then I started meeting all these cool people who had very similar interests to me, which was super cool. Cause you know, you probably see this too. Being an entrepreneur, doing all this stuff on your own is very lonely. And a lot of like the relationships I was in, these were people who were probably, you know, just again, doing the nine to five thing. They didn't understand it. They didn't like understand where you were coming from, where your drive was. And then during Ninja Warrior and learning from these people, they all had this extra passion, like a little, there's a little something extra. So I started finding my, I feel like I started finding my people, if you want to like say it like that, by just doing that. And then it was in Pittsburgh. So the first time flying by myself, I hadn't done any of this stuff yet. I haven't flown by myself. I hadn't really adventured alone. This is a solo trip now, like by myself. Got to Pittsburgh. I messaged people who were in the fitness competition community who I didn't know. I stayed at their house. Like I just I never met them. Heck yeah. They lent me their car. Like we had to figure it out. Because also Ninja Warrior, like they don't pay for anything, right? So you have to like figure yeah, you're out. Doing, yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, and I also have to like somehow buy a flight, find a place to stay, <laughs> do like all that stuff. So it started there. And then after I competed, I became so in love with the community. So yeah, it was so cool to be on like a TV show, but it was so much more about like, I met some really amazing people. I want to be a part of this. I want to be with these people. So I kept training, 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 training. And then I don't know if you've seen videos before, but the next two years, and this is when I got a little cockier because my God, I was on it once. Like, I can get on it again. I didn't get on. Like they did not select me the next two years. I kept putting videos in. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> didn't get in next year. Ugh, didn't get in. But that actually led into one of the years I didn't get in, but then one of my clients had said there was this woman's health fitness star competition that you should submit to. And again, 
I'm like, I'm this girl from Rhode Island. Nobody knows me. I'm really not that important type of thing. I'm like, why am I going to submit to this big national competition? She kept pushing me every, every week. This woman was messaging me, send this in, just do it. Just send in an application for this. So I didn't have time to actually make the video for them because you have to make submission videos for Ninja. So I just sent in my Ninja video, like didn't edit it at all. It just said like, I want to be the next American Ninja Warrior. Nothing about the competition. I did not re-edit it. <laughs> um, and then I got a message and I got, I got that. Like they ran it like out of nowhere. Like they were just like, yep, you've been selected. I thought it was fake when they emailed me. They're like, we're going to send you to New York. You're going to be in the cover of Women's Health. Like, I'm like, what is happening? And this is again, out of nowhere. Like this little old person who I was like, who am I? Like, it was crazy. I mean, I, I live by like 80% done is better than 100% perfect and not done. And I think it's like the whole, you never know, like mm-hmm. who's on the other end. And I'd love to understand a little bit more like, so you're, you're applying these different competitions and kind of doing like a shotgun approach where it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to send whatever I have in. Where has that mentality showed up in other areas of life outside of like fitness? So you mentioned entrepreneurship, relationships, things like that. Where has that type of mentality helped you? Because I think people listening in the audience, like one of the major things that holds everyone back is thinking, again, I'm not good enough, or this isn't ready, or I'll wait till next year to apply. But you're clearly showcasing that, like, just do it right now. Like, just put go. it in and just go. Where has that showed up in other areas of your life and helped you? It's definitely showed up in my business, for sure. It messy action. Like, that's a week, like, just, just do it. Just whatever. If you have an idea, instead of sitting there and trying to perfect it, whatever. Yeah, obviously like write it all out. But sometimes people sit in that process and they just never do it. They never execute. They talk, 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 never execute. Me, I'm like, I'm going to execute it. I Maybe I don't, maybe it's not perfect, right? Maybe it's not a sloppy. And that actually came about during the pandemic, especially for my business. I was teaching on uh, women's health for like on their IGTVs and people kept asking me, they were saying they were having pain in their back and they're feeling exercises for their core and their legs and all this crazy stuff. So I was like, you know what? I think I need to make a core program. So I started selling the core program that day. I didn't make it yet. I did not make it. I was like, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to, I just made a thing on my website to buy it. Oh, cool. It's going to be out in a month. Did not figure out how I was going to make it, how I was going to record it, what I was going to do. So I think it shows up there. And that's the best selling product I have, really. So it's pretty, yeah, it's wild. You just do it. If you can't, if you're listening right now, like I'm cheesing so hard because it's just like, (laughs) this is textbook like entrepreneurship and how you're supposed to go about things. But like everyone jumps in to this world and like tries to be perfect in every little like word for word what she just said where you sold it before you even made it wasn't made. tested the market to see if it's it's even plausible i love that that's super badass so definitely i definitely think it helps in entrepreneurship again sometimes you know the messiness is good and bad obviously but that's definitely and then after that like you started seeing what they wanted and then again started pre-selling things that didn't have or didn't have made yet and you just kind of like figure it out so i definitely think in that part of my life um the messy action that just kind of do it has been very helpful. And again, you, you learn before you're ready. I always like, you probably tell people this all the time too. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. I've asked, I asked people, even when I made my program, I'm like, Hey, can you help me? Like, you know, it's like, we don't really know what we're doing either. Like, okay. All right. Yeah, the, the beautiful <laughs> thing when you're trying to do things that haven't been done yet, like for the most part, and if you can't find the person that has done that, like get in contact with them, like most of the people you're hanging around, like, yeah, just like you said, we don't know what the heck, where we're trying to go. Cause you're trying to do something that hasn't been done. 
Yeah. Like Elon Musk trying to go to Mars right now, like <laughs> tangibly. And do you think he shows up every day being like, no one's ever done it, so I'm just not going to do it? It's like, no, you're going to figure it out. And I love how you keep continuously showing up in your life is just, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm really big into like where we were as kids and like where that stems from and like people leaning into kind of like their destiny and like that drive. You said you had that drive and you always kind of like had this little bit of a spark when you were like real young. Was that, was that always the the case? No, I mean, I had the lowest self-esteem when I was younger. Um, and I also felt like I was the person who like never fully fit in with everything. Uh, when I was younger, I got made fun of all the time, not only because I was already like a little bit muscular, like as a kid and younger, like that's, that wasn't a thing. Like most, most of the girls just had like, you know, just normal arms. So I had already had muscle, I had a speech problem. So they'd make fun of me for my speech problem. So I always had people making fun of me. So I had a lot of time by myself and a lot of time alone, but I do feel like Back then, I got super paralyzed from all of that. Super paralyzed, didn't want to do anything, low confidence. Just I just kind of hid in a way, like kind of just like hid away. And I don't know, I'm trying to think of like what exactly sparked that to, to f- me to feel better. I think when I maybe went from high school and I just was, I decided to go to college gymnastics and I knew nobody there, it was like, it's my fresh start. Like I'm going to start a new wing and be more confident and feel better and things like that. But yeah, when I was younger, made fun of all the time. They called me Mangela, like all the names you can think of, got called it. Speech problems, they would always make fun of me for that. And uh, I was actually always, uh, I was doing gymnastics. So I would go to gymnastics like three or four days a week. And I remember my coach, I would always come in like super upset and like super down. And my coach was nuts. My coach was like, military like nuts whatever I remember he I came in one day and I was like really like upset looking and he was like what's happening and I told him like there's stuff going on here there was stuff going on in my my family life because my parents were getting divorced there's always like fights and stuff in there and he was like when you're in this gym he's like nothing else matters it's just you in the four walls whatever's out there just shut it out like just whatever and that probably is what got me through to to want more. And I remember before I left to go to college, he gave me a little pin. It was a star. He's like, you're going to be a star. Like, there's just something about, like, he just, I just know there's something going to be, like, about it. And it was crazy because I literally, I didn't really hang out with a lot of people. I didn't do a lot of things. Just in the gym, gymnastics with my coach. Just, like, like laser focus on that and then just nothing else. It was your safe space. It was, like, the it place was. that you could just be, just go all out on you. And I think that's super relevant to today's day and age because as adults, I think another thing that we all struggle with is saying no to things. And like when you get older and you're, we're in our thirties now, it's, there's so much going on. I think the biggest takeaway I have from that story is like for me, and I keep reminding myself this, like, where is my gym? And I don't necessarily mean physical gym. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a physical gym, but like, where should I be sitting at all times? And what should I be doing? What is my destiny on this earth? Um, And I think just having people ask themselves that question is super helpful. And that's where I'd love to jump into kind of like where you're at today and what you're working on today and, and your mission of where you're trying to go. So you just got this magazine article and things are things are rolling and you, you're sold all your stuff and you're here in Austin, Texas for a few days and then you're going to be out in Colorado with a couple of our other friends. Like, what is the future looking like? I'm not, so it's kind of crazy because I feel like I'm a little uncertain of where my future is right now. Like, I feel like I actually had a written this a little bit on my Instagram today. It's like kind of like that I'll be happy one 
like syndrome. Yeah. You're like, but wait, what? What now? Like, what do I do now? So I think what I'm really trying to lean into personally is what is really making me happy and feeling like alive. So I feel like for me, what's next is I want to make my Strong Feels Good community, which is a community I've made online now with hundreds of people. I want to make that a massive community while still keeping its integrity. I feel like what happens online sometimes is these these fitness people are just selling programs and they don't really they start to not really care so much about their client. It's more about like let's get the dollar bills and like get the money, which obviously, yeah, it's a business and you need to make money. But I want to like make Strong Feels Good so impactful for thousands and like the money is like the second type of thing. So I want like thousands of people in that program seeing what it can do and how it can help them. So that's my main goal for that. And then I just have like other random goals leaned in. But one of the things, again, that I noticed through entrepreneurship and through hustling like I am and being in my little, I mean, sometimes maybe my space is just with me by myself or whatever, is again, entrepreneurship can be super lonely. And like you're at home and you you know how it is. You're uploading things, you're editing things. People don't see that you're doing all this different stuff. And then I looked back and I'm like, all right, it's been like two months and I haven't left my house and I haven't lived and I haven't done the things that I wanted to do. So you start to kind of go back to, feeling like you're in the biochemistry thing again, right? Where you're now thinking while you're working about, well, I really want to be outside. I really want to go like see the world and travel. So then that's when I was like, why not? Why am I not doing that? You know what I mean? So I feel like not fully sure where my future wants to go. I want to be like an insane, my business, I want it to thrive and just be amazing. And uh, I want to like be really happy. And I think that where that is for me is traveling, meeting new people and like always kind of, yeah. This That answer cuts real deep with me and, and you're feeling that too i know yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one reason that looking to get out of the lease here and hopefully it gets sold within the next month um gonna go in to a partnership with my buddy noah and like the real goal is we both want to do more of the things that we enjoy doing over the next couple years um and then hopefully bringing my wife into the mix a little bit and traveling and doing a little bit more of the things that we love to do i'm really interested uh we got Alex Weber in the house sitting here behind us with uh, some men's retreats that we're, we're talking about doing because that's one of the things that I've I've had on my list for for years to do go out of the country maybe Costa Rica or places like that so that that really cuts deep and it's nice to know that there's other people out there that are after the other thing because it is very lonely like I built this space because I was alone I felt alone at times and people don't see all the effort that goes in and the thing is in entrepreneurship is like the money comes from the things that the people don't see. And that yep. that's the tough part. They think it comes from like, you're in fitness and you're coaching that one hour event. It's like, no, like what led up to all that? What connections, what phone calls, what emails? Like, just like with your magazine, what did you have to go through to in the story to get there? And the, the person that's at the corporate job doesn't necessarily see that. And one of the reasons that we even have this podcast is so they can listen to people like you who if someone if you have an idea out there and you're in the corporate world like you need to put your ideas out there in the face of judgment and then start just building that momentum but i wanted to ask you have ever heard of i love how you're talking about the customer more in and one yes. of the re, one of the reasons that my that aaron and i have been shy in getting into the fitness because we're we're going to I think start spinning up some more fitness products has been, I won't put something out there unless I've put 200 health and wellness is this is the one space where I want to make sure I have the ability to put 250% into whatever that product is. Cause we're talking about people's livelihoods here yeah. and their health. And I'm, I take that very seriously. And it's nice to hear you do the same. Have you ever heard the statement usage over sales? 
No. What it means is like, you'll see in our market where a lot of the people that are in the health and wellness and fitness space, they're after sales over the customer actually getting full usage of their product. So if someone buys your product and then uses it for two days and they don't actually get the results, what is the point? You failed. Like, what is the point? Yeah. But you got like the, the, the average fitness person, like I got the money, whatever. Right. But if you, if you're looking for the long term win of your brand, just like you, you said, thousands of people using this, it's like you want to focus on usage. So when the first person buys it, like from week one to however long it is, like how are they feeling throughout that process and what are they doing and what are their results and understanding that data? Because if they have a longer usage and they become a lifetime customer, they then are going to make sales for you. Um, exactly. And I think that's a where for a while I didn't really understand that, but I've seen that with building my strong feels good community so much. I really gave a shit about them. I kept asking them, how are you? How are you feeling? What do you like the most? I, what, what does it need to help? Anytime they gave me feedback on what I needed to fix to make things better. Like at one point they're like, can you make the videos of voiceovers done? Game changer. Made all the videos of voiceovers, redid them. You know what I mean? You listen to what they say. They see that you're listening. And I remember somebody, one of the clients messaged me saying, I feel like you're, I'm heard when I'm with you. And I'm like, that's major because yes, I'm literally listening. And just like you said, that retention for me is way more important than anything. And I will build up to my thousand members, right? But I want the core people that are in there right now to still be in that thousand members. I don't want a new thousand members every like here or there. And through this journey, I stopped actually in Ohio on my way to, uh, to meet Jordan. And I actually met some of my clients in person for the first time ever. And I did not realize how much I changed their life and the impact that I had on them. And those people will be lifelong customers. And even the fact that I went out of my way to see them and to do a workout with them, and I sat there and I listened to them. And we did a thing too. I, I always do uh, client spotlights. I sit down and always talk to my clients. Like we have a spotlight. So I would literally ask them, what do they like? Um, how's your journey been? And you really get to know them. That's what matters. And I'm saying this because I had hired a marketing company not too long ago. I put a lot of money into it. So I'm like, what's the next step? How can I make this grow? They were so about just pushing things on people and they were not concerned with that. And that's when I had to cut it. Like I had, I'm like, we're not doing this anymore. I was like, this is not where I wanted this to go. I'm not going to keep selling things that don't matter. Like I want to sell things that are important and that are going to get people, you know, to the next level by listening. And yeah, make sure you know your customer, listen to them. If you have one that like you really love right now and it's just something's really well is working with them, talk to them have a Zoom call with them, just spend like, a, just ask them like where they're from, what they do, why this helped you, or like what were you struggling with? How did this actually help you? And I definitely always, always listen to my clients. Like that's definitely, like you said, retention. I'd rather keep the people in than have a million of them. Yeah, I mean, eventually like, this is the thing, going back to when you're starting and people that are starting, like I think again with Instagram and social media, we see like, so Angela, you, you're pretty far into the game, right? You have the magazine cover, you're traveling, you're doing some things that you want to do. But if someone's on day one right now, start with, you just need one person. Like that's it. It starts with one person that you're really dialed into helping. And then it becomes that one person becomes two and then four and then eight. And it kind of doubles itself. So everything you're saying is spot on. I'd love to know throughout your programming and working with clients, what things have you tried that kind of didn't pan out? And then what things that you didn't necessarily think were that going to be big ended up being really big things. I did not think that core revolution program I put out there was going to be big at all. 
I just didn't. I assumed like when I put that out there, I was just like, I was, again, I was listening to what they were saying. But again, I sold it before it was even out. I thought maybe I was going to sell 30 of them, hands down. And then all of a sudden I had 400 in there, like within a that's couple so, of days. That's so sick. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I gotta put this together. You got my head spinning now and like <laughs> yeah. all the little things where I'm like, mate, like this probably wouldn't do that well, but maybe it would. What's like, crazy is that was my first product. It's still the best one to this day. And, uh, I did it in my little apartment. And uh, so it's funny when you look back, it's in my like little New York apartment or whatever. Um, it's real though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. That's real. Yes. I think they like that too. Instead of it being like on a white background and all yeah, structured, it's, it's real. literally in my, like you feel like you're in there with me. Um, other thing I didn't think was fully going to pan out. I always do Sunday classes. So I, on Sunday at 12 PM, I always do a zoom class with the members and now like anyone can come into it. And that goes back to like the Sunday sessions that I used to love that I told you about from the beginning. Those clients love that because on Sunday, they get to know me. On Sunday, we work out together. I sit down with them and whatever they just, we just, we just talk. We just talk. I'm trying to think of what didn't work. There's definitely been a lot of things that obviously like that failed and just like did not work out the way that I wanted to. I was doing some high ticket coaching for a while uh, just because that's where I first started like online just to kind of get to know it. That was good and bad. I personally just, it just didn't work for me to have to talk to all of them, all this stuff. And then like, I'll say, oh, it's this much money, which is normally like, you know, $2,000, $3,000. And then the person to tell you, like, I don't, I really just don't have that right now because they literally don't like, they just, just like where they are. So I stopped doing that because I just was like, I want to target the people who maybe don't have two, $3,000 to spend, but want that same type of connection and can do it for less. Like they want to be there. They definitely want to be there, but maybe they don't have three K to spend on somebody, which is so true um so those that didn't work out so well for me um i did like a random um this is what that marketing company made me do they made me do this uh 12-week summer shred series which i knew was gonna be super confusing they made me sell it to my members now and then i had to sell it to the new people and then it got all confusing it just you know when something's not working and they're like yeah we want to do this like three more times this year i'm like this is not working like it's not gonna they're not getting what they want i'm not getting what they want everyone's confused and then the nutrition stuff i'm not a nutrition coach I tried to do like a nutrition challenge with a nutritionist. For some reason, that just didn't pan out <laughs> the way that I wanted to. Um, nutrition is such a touchy. It's so thing. hard. It's just like everyone's different. Somebody's vegan. They don't yeah. eat that. I don't. I get it. Like, but I'm like, I'm gonna stick to what I know and stick to the things that, that make me good. Core was a big thing, which is why I just launched that seven day core program you might have seen for seven dollars. And this time, so the other core program, you just you know, it's a PDF, and then there's uh, all the exercises are voiced over, and I walk you through it, and then you do it on your own time. But the seven day core one, I did full follow along. They do it with me, and uh, I made sure they really got to know me more, and they felt like they to really understand each move that has been doing amazing and I knew my, my gut feeling was like I want to do this that marketing company told me not to do it didn't think it was going to be like profitable I'm like it's not about the profit I'm like it's about those seven days Value. they got with me yeah they got seven days with me they know me and they're going to stick to it try to think of this anything else my gym when I opened my gym that didn't work out like <laughs> I was going to ask mess. about that because it's like three years seems like a little like three years it's like not a lot should time. be when things start taking off after the third year Mm-mm. but that what, was tough what, what was that whole story I you know again I opened it on my own I didn't really have support my parents are fine I don't ever think that like they're not good parents but they didn't yeah. really support me at all with it they didn't help me <laughs> do it or whatever I was gonna do it with a partner first got too nervous to have somebody partner with me or whatever and then I just opened up a credit card and I threw everything on a credit card and I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I didn't really figure it out like the way that I should have. With a gym, you definitely need to plan it out a bit more. 
Like, when are you buying equipment? There's a lot of variables. Do you need to buy it. all the equipment right now? Yeah. Like, what is happening? And then uh, members, you get really close with them, then being like, oh, I don't have $30 to come to class today. And then you let them slide, and then they're yeah. coming in. And then all of a sudden, there's like a bunch of free people coming in. The landlord was awful. I got sued. That was great. <laughs> I got sued, actually. I just got sued this year from something from the gym. Just, I got sued this year. And it's when did close. the gym close? Uh, it, oh, it was exactly... Like through it was whatever the exact time they have to sue me, it's like the end of it. Like they wow. did it, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Um, so yeah, that definitely wasn't a uh, wasn't a win, but I did learn a lot from it. So I can't say that that was like complete fail. But yeah, I was just it was just money was just not it wasn't coming in the way it was. Yeah, it was it was maybe breaking even, but then I couldn't pay myself. I had to pay you pay everybody first, obviously. Yep. And then people weren't understanding like these people who you become close with. You're like, you don't understand. Like, I know I'm your friend, but like, this is also a business. And I really, I can't keep the doors open unless you like pay for the membership. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's business is tough. And that's where my my next question was going to be. Coaching is completely different than like understanding business and pricing and like marketing and all these things. What over the past 10 years, like what books have been empowering? Like what, who, who do you look up to? Are you following people on social media? Like what, what has kind of been your process outside of like doing it? Cause obviously yeah. like doing is the best way to learn, but outside of doing, just doing your daily business, what are things that you look to, to kind of gain an edge? I wish I like got coaching sooner and like asked for help sooner to like even learn. But yeah, a lot of it was just doing. But then when I shut down the gym and I started doing online, I joined an online business course. It was like um, a three month thing. That was like one of those $3,000 like shit. You just got to charge it. You have like, that's one of those things that you definitely should invest in because you will make your money back from something like that. If it's the right coach and like the right group. So they took me through everything. They, they taught me about learning the ideal client, like, you know, really, you know, honing in on that stuff um, and organizing things more. Then um, Coach Brian Nunez, I don't know if you follow him, but he's amazing. I will after this. Yeah, I went to this retreat he invited me on called Rise Up, um, which he like ran. And that was really, I think that really helped me with my business for sure. He helped you get really clear on what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, more of the vision what you want to see things to look like i'm trying to think of who else like i look up to like mentoring wise book wise i mean i've now been reading during the pandemic i made it a point to read every day no matter what make your bed that book have you read that book no uh, Another. This is why I, the best part about podcasts is like selfishly, I just get to learn. Like so, afterwards, I always listen, re-listen to the episode, and I write notes on like what books did they say to read, what people did they say to reach out to or or, or look at, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, make so. your bed was major because that's like just one about like you know daily habits and how that's going to help you like in your business as well. Um, and then um, the power of moments. That was a powerful one. That is about creating moments that people feel so people feel do, do feel connected with you. Like we were saying, the people who That's are going to stay with right you forever. Up my alley. I love that, that. Definitely read that one. And how different companies have made, you know, these moments again make it so their workers work better, so they are making more money because they're impacting their lives more. So the power of moments that was like a really good one. Um, I tried to read the four hour work week or whatever. I can never get through it. That's <laughs> just, one you have to read in chunks. I just it was or, a lot. Or listen to. Like, yeah. You can listen to. I I I typically listen to the Audible book. But yeah, that that's one where you just have to lead, re- listen in chunks because it is he's super detailed oriented. So it's just like when I read it, I think I got it off of like some free thing online and read it online, and it took me like 
two years to read. The it was so part. hard. Like I kept trying. I'm like, but I'm like my, you, you want to read it and actually like understand it and not, and use it. Like you don't want to just read something. It's a thing, right? Sometimes so many people get a ton of knowledge. They read a ton of books. They do all this stuff. But they don't actually do anything from it. There's this guy, Nathan Latka, who is from, who resides in Austin. I don't know if he's from here, but he wrote a book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. And you're you're more of like the serial entrepreneur type like I am. And it's a super practical book. So you might have a ton of ideas coming from that because it talks about like using leverage when most people think they don't have any leverage. So like the whole gym thing, like where you put it on a credit card, like he teaches you how to do that in like the smart way. Yeah. Like don't do it in <laughs> a way where you just don't know what you're doing. He'll be like, this is all the tricks to like how to gain leverage without where most people wouldn't necessarily see it. So power of moments, that's what it's the called. The power of moments. Yeah, power I moments. definitely would read that one. I think that's a, like a really good one. But yeah, a lot of it, like you said, is a lot of trial and error. You try something out, doesn't work. You shift, like, you know, you just keep shifting. And then, um, again, biggest thing, if you are doing this, like, if you are listening to this for, like, business stuff, is you got to listen to your client at all times. It's not about you. Yeah. That cover is great, but it's not about me. It's not about me. It matters, like, how can you help somebody else get to where they want to go? Exactly. Their result, um, that's what they're paying for, that value. So, unfortunately, we're getting close to wrapping up, and I kind of end the same way every single time. So, the first thing we'll go through is... If there's someone out there that's wanting to work with you or enter one of your programs, who is that target market? What do they What do they look like? So if they're listening to this episode, uh, they can then envision themselves. Yeah, I mean, if it's you. if it's for if it's for fitness, a lot of times it's a lot of times it's females. I do have some males, though. Um, a lot of times it's females, and it's someone who's tried all the the fad diets, the the craziness where they just like, they're like, I can't keep up with this. This is unsustainable. And they're no longer like, okay, I don't really care how I look. I just want to feel good. And that's why my program's called Strong Feels Good. Because I'll teach you not only how to be strong and look amazing, but you're going to feel amazing. Because that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. So if that's like, if that resonates with you, then then definitely the program we're doing is definitely going to be for you. Perfect. And that person just listened to it and they <laughs> want to feel strong and good how do they get in contact with you? What's the best way? Best way. I mean, I, I do answer all my Instagram messages. So at Angela underscore Gargano is definitely the best way to get in. Um, just send me a DM. Again, I get back to everybody. I mean, it takes forever, but I get back to each person because again, you you really do matter. Um, and then I also have a, a private Facebook community. It's a public like one that you can get into. What's cool about that is if you um, go into there, I will send you a, a little Q&A goal setting thing and I go through and I'll actually look at your goals and a lot of times if I have the time I will go back and actually message you and be like hey I saw that you need the X, Y, Z here's what you can try and it may not necessarily be with my programs it might just be advice <laughs> heck yeah well it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you here today and I'm super stoked for everything we're about to get into this weekend so again thank you Angela for hopping on here and I always end with the last question being what is what does thriving mean to you so when you think of the word thriving, what what does that mean to you? Thriving means to me, I feel like thriving I feel like when you're thriving, you're you're happy, you're present, you're really living with your purpose. I feel like before I might have said it's if you have like thriving is like you have money, but it's not that. It's like are you feeling good? Are you living with purpose? Are you waking up every day saying like, "Oh, like I'm happy with what I'm doing." I feel like that's when you're really thriving. I love that. It's like waking up and being like, I'm excited to get to do what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I love ending there. As always, 
I kind of give you guys my biggest takeaway. And really, I, I connect with you deeply on the the level of you've tried so many different things and you're willing to kind of like put things out there before they're even put together. And it's just awesome to be in, pre in the presence of somebody that kind of lives that that model because now when I go away from this conversation, you've given me the confidence to continue to do that and to continue to do it in some ways that I I haven't thought about until like just now, like in, in little ways where you have this vision board. I'm like, why the heck haven't I done that? Like, <laughs> that's something I could easily do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an exercise I'm actually going to do. And just for the hell of it, because whether I hit it or I don't hit it, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm in the, pro I like just doing things and being in the process of doing things. So thank you again uh, for enlightening us with so many different things. And everyone out there listening, the biggest way that you can help us get Angela's episode out there is if you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that's where you're listening. That's not where you're listening. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, please share this with somebody that it could impact. Get in contact with Angela for all your fitness goals. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. My name is CJ Finley. This is the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.